This episode of Bullshit Breakaway is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app today. Uh, today's show, it's a show that Greg and I do. Well, I try and stay alive during it. Let's see if I can. Let's find out now. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to another week of the Bullshit Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead of The Athletic. I'm also here with my co-host, Gregory of The Athletic. Gregory, living is hard. It's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be honest. Like, And, you know, it sounds like I'm complaining about being in isolation, but really what I'm, rec- uh, I'm saying is the COVID recovery train, like, I'm sure this isn't the case for everyone. But when I had COVID, I was like, oh, I have a headache. You know, it's a headache. I'm a little tired. The recovery part for me is 17 times worse than anything, anything. I've just, I've never had anything like this happen to me. It feels, and I said this to Shayna, it feels like there's little hockey fights going inside my abdomens at all points in time. Like, it's like Ryan Lindgren is my liver, and then the everyone beating the shit out of it is just every other player. That's just, It's just, that's what my life is right like right now, and it's really hard to just even talk focus like it was tough for me to talk before Gregory like it was tough for me to be coherent talk read English and now that's all truly just down to zero I just can't believe coronavirus has made you so selfish not even asking how I'm doing not asking <laughs> I'm so sorry. what I'm up hold to hold on I'll stop recording hold on I'm stop okay we're gonna start over ready okay here we go okay hey Bruce, guys. welcome to the week I'm right me and I'm Greg Kaplan Greg say hello that's better thank you thank you <laughs> That's all I wanted. No, no, everyone who comes to this podcast, Ryan, they don't care about you. Yeah, they care about me. It's true. That's the way it is. It's true. I mean, let's be honest. Let's focus on on the the person who could actually speak. <laughs> yeah, I uh, here here's the dichotomy of our lives right now, right? You yeah. are literally battling a viral infection that mm-hmm. is kicking your ass quite figuratively and literally, and is wreaking havoc all over this once great nation of ours. Right. Can I guess what you're about to say? Can I guess? Yes, please. New York is legalizing horse gambling and you are terrified. No, it's always been legalized, bro. I gamble on horses through the Naira app, which is the New York's (laughs) racing associations app. That's ridiculous. Uh, First of all, horse racing is coming back to the great state of New York starting June 1st. That Uh is a Monday. Uh for those keeping score at home, Uh, I will 100% be transferring my pony cash from the poor state of Florida to the great state of New York and Florida could kiss my ass for that. When are we going to right, have the discussion though? Who's got the better athletes, New York horse racing or Bundesliga? The Bundesliga, <laughs> not Bundesliga. <laughs> dangerous, dangerous. Buddhist uh, Liga. No, but here's, here's how gambling on the ponies went this week. And first of all, there was a horse you may have seen by the I name saw. of Prince Igor. Yeah. Uh, did not win. Terrible. Very heartbreaking. I hate to see it. I thought I was going to make it all back yesterday, Ryan, because there was a horse running named El Duque. Oh. And I thought, surely, surely How could Orlando lose? Hernandez wouldn't let me down. And he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we could we could just about chalk it up. The only There's only been one horse that I can think of in a very long time with a Met name or a Ranger name that has actually won me money. And it was a horse... Last summer at Saratoga named, quite simply, Cleon Jones that I won money on. <laughs> obscure. Uh, but there was a horse named Cindergard I lost a lot of money on. Uh, didn't win anything on Prince Igor. Didn't win anything on El Duque. I will say there is a horse by the name of Holiday, named after Roy Holiday. That motherfucker Oof. undefeated. Oof. Uh, he has made me a lot of money. What kind of drugs is he on? Ooh, sorry, guys. Yeah, can't do that, Ryan. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm sick. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're a sick man. Yeah. I'm not talking the fact that you have coronavirus. I know. Um, what were you going to say before I brought up the horse racing, or was that actually your topic? That was it. That was it. Wow, I wanted to talk about it. how I lost nice. money on Prince Igor 
NL Duke game. Nice. But yeah, no, horse racing is coming back. It sucks, though, because one of the most fun things to do every summer is go to Saratoga to go see the races. And obviously that is not happening this year. Uh, but I'm having a lot of fun gambling on it. So I'll keep doing that. I'm going to keep doing it until sports come back and New York legalizes an app for me to gamble on sports. Because well, when sports comes back, I'm not going to be able to go to the casino to place my bets. So they're going to have to figure something out. Sports gambling is coming very quickly as soon as sports are back. It's uh, it They need to mix up that tax revenue, right? Like we've talked about. Um, we've talked a lot. Endlessly. You endlessly. Wanna, you want to know, know how base, Major League Baseball, the state of New York, not me, can make money by bringing sports back? It's by getting in business with gambling and taxing the shit out of it. And then you take the tax dollars and do whatever the fuck you want to do with the tax dollars. It's all good. Yeah. So I, I also, that means probably other things are going to get legalized too. I guess we'll see and wait for that. Um, that's going to be another whole thing. The newest reports are that this week we could find out if or when hockey will be coming back. And I think that's the extent of our news this week, right? Like we don't have anything else because there's the yeah. board of meter, uh, board of governors or whatever it is, the board meetings for the NHL owners, uh, where they were supposed to get some decisions today that didn't happen, but all signs point to, we're probably going to have a 2014 playoff. Who knows how that's going to work? Yeah, it sounds like 12 teams from the East, 12 teams from the West. It sounds like the West will be in one location. The East will be in one location. Uh, that's basically all we know. I will say this. At least the 2014 playoff scenario is coming up more frequently, which to me makes it sound like it's the most likely of the options, right? We're no longer hearing that divisional play where all the teams are coming back. Uh, we're no longer hearing the just batshit insane ideas some people have been throwing out. I will say this. For the people that were getting angry about how the 2014 playoff will create a big asterisk on the Stanley Cup playoffs in the NHL, first and foremost, uh, this season already has one. So it doesn't really fucking matter what we do henceforth. Every we stopped playing hockey. If, I, if I'm alive at like 43 or whatever, we'll be talking about it on a podcast. So like, remember Corona year? That was kind of crazy. Wasn't it Gregory? Yeah. This, this year, this year, every sport has already gotten a massive asterisk for this year. No matter Because what. no other time in modern history has a league shut down for months because of a pandemic. Hasn't happened. It's, it's there. The asterisks exists. Done. So that argument thrown out the window. And the second one that really we've talked about multiple times here on this podcast mm -hmm. in on other podcasts with other people in all forms of conversation, the current normal NHL playoff system is stupid and oh, just miserable. It's just so dumb. It's so dumb. I don't want to hear that. The NHL is ruining the, the league's playoff system because the playoff system it currently has, Ryan, is the worst in North American professional sports. I don't think it's the close. Worst. It's not close. It's dude, not. Dude, when the Capitals and Pens play in the second round for like the ninth year in a row, it's like, just end it. End it for me. Because like, that's if you, every single year in the NBA, what's, what happens? Pretty much the two best teams get to the finals for each conference, right? Like, if, it's, if, it, if that doesn't happen, you have a scenario where you have like a huge upset and that's an exciting storyline. But every year it's like, you know, uh, the Rockets and the Warriors, you got on one side. Then it's going to be Bucks and LeBron on the other side. Like, that's fucking awesome. And But that never happens in hockey. You get all these first-round and second-round major, like, point-leader teams that are absolutely dominant playing each other. You get the Bruins and the Leafs every year going to seven seven games. Imagine if that was the Easter Conference Finals. Do you think hockey would be more popular? Because I do. Yeah, it, I don't understand. It's the NHL's lazy excuse of, well, we wanted to incentivize the early rounds of the playoffs by guaranteeing more rivalry matchups. That's fine and good, but it's basically half the time gifting another team from another division a further trip in the playoffs than they rightfully deserve because they're playing inferior competition because of your cockamamie and, quite frankly, dumb playoff structure. It's awful. I can't think of a scenario where this happens in another sport. It's the, like, the NFL does not prohibit the AFC East winner, the Patriots, more times than not, from playing the Buffalo Bills in the second round because they play in the same conference. Once upon a time, baseball did this, right? If you were finished with the best record 
in your league, but the wild card came from your division, you played a different team. And baseball, Ryan, this is going to sound crazy, realized that was stupid and got rid of that rule. Unbelievable. Great on baseball. It's just, it's so, so dumb. The only time I can think of it actually benefiting a team, you're going to, this is going to shock you, Ryan, but in the great year 2000, uh, the New York Mets finished with one of the like three best records in the National League. The Braves finished with the best record in the National League. But since they played in the same division, the Mets played the Giants in the first round and the Braves played the Cardinals. Though actually, now that I'm saying this out loud, the Giants had the best record in the National League in the year 2000. So this argument is null and void. <laughs> Never mind. I have no example, Brian, there because it doesn't usually happen. Yep. It's just I hate, I hate viscerally hate how the NHL playoff system is currently constructed. It is dumb that if the Rangers and Islanders had the second and third best records in the NHL, second and third, Ryan, Mm -hmm. but because the Penguins had the best record. No, I'm sorry. It would have to be what? Third and fourth? Something like that, yes. Either way. It is dumb that the Rangers and Islanders could face in the first round of the playoffs, despite having near identical point totals, than say the Rangers playing the seventh best team in the East and the Islanders playing the sixth best team in the East, like every other normal sport does. It's just how hard is this? One through eight. Don't give a shit where you finished in your conference. If you're one of the eight best teams in the East, you deserve to be in the playoffs. Get in there. And then if you're the eighth best team, your road deserves to be harder. You should have to play the first team. This I just it, it blows my mind that the NHL can't grasp this concept. A lot of things blow my mind about the NHL, but that's near the top of the list. Uh supposedly though, our first round matchup, if the Rangers are in it, would be the Toronto Maple Leafs. Which would be, I have to be honest, a fun series. Uh, and I've once upon a time chirped Austin Matthews, Austin with the no, by the way, uh, and said he was, didn't have the clutch gene. He immediately scored a goal. So I would like to go back to that. Well, and especially because we had a lot of rumors with trading for the Leafs and, uh, getting Georgiev and boy, would I love to light them up and, and win a playoff series. I do, you, do you, I guess this is, I don't know, no and void. We don't know, but I, I, I have a hard time believing it would be seven games. Do you feel like it's going to be seven games? Right, I have a hard time thinking about what a playoff series would look like because I still don't know what the fuck the playoffs are going to look like. Yeah, like I, I, my mind hasn't jumped to that point yet. It would be interesting, Rangers Leafs. I, I don't know. It's been three months since these guys have played hockey. Yeah. I have no Who idea. Who knows what they're really no like? Yeah, yeah. I, I have, I have no expectations. Which is again why this entire season will have an asterisk. It doesn't matter what the league does or doesn't do. We're going to think of this year completely differently than we do any other year in existence. And I also thought it was funny where people got started really puffing their chests out and being like, oh, well, they only want 12 teams to get Chicago and Montreal in. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, guys. They want big markets in because those big markets have big fans and they need more people watching. Yeah, because they need to make money so they can keep the the cap up. And listen, I know these billionaires have billions of dollars, but they still want to, like, you're seeing it with the MLB right now. Baseball is probably not going to come back because owners don't want to give it up. They they want more and more. And I get it. They don't want to lose the money that they feel like they're entitled to. But at the same time, like, dude, you want this to happen. Like, you you agreed to a deal. Same thing with the NHL. They want to have these big markets so they can make the money they need so that in the next five years they'll have not a giant loss that as as they think they're going to have, because these leagues don't even know if they're going to have fans next year. Like they can't say that for sure. They really can't. So, yeah. And also, also, if you're going to, if you lose to the Canadians in the first round of whatever playoff system, you this deserve it. Creates, you deserve it. You don't deserve to be around. Same thing with the Blackhawks, by the you're way. Same the thing. Canadians. Yeah. Yeah. And the Blackhawks too. Like if you can't beat these teams that quite frankly suck, don't cook, don't whine. You weren't going to beat someone. You right. Like, if you can't beat the Canadians, you're not going to beat the Penguins. It, it's pretty simple. Yeah, you're math not, you're not beating one. the Lightning. 
<laughs> that's just right. not what's happening. It's it's not it's it's fine. If if the Red Wings wanted to get into the playoffs, if the leagues really wanted to dig deep, oh, and be like, guess what? Do. All thirty-one teams are in, and you lose a seven-game series to the Red Wings, you should be prohibited from playing hockey the next year. Yeah, we could also your entire team gets relegated. Relegated is actually that's that's the exception. I would kind of like that. They were like, okay, thirty-one team playoff. The Red Wings. If you lose one game to the Red Wings, you're relegated. That's it. That's it. It's up because to you. it's just, it's just it's just insane. It's dumb. It, it the Bruins. If they lose two game, one or two games to the Red Wings, it doesn't matter if the Bruins win the cup. We'd be like, bro, you lost to the fucking Red Wings. Yeah. Talk about Aston. You're an idiot. I saw uh, ah. someone sent me a screenshot of a poll. It was like best hockey moments of the year. They were doing like a bracket or whatever. And it was uh, it was Ayers versus Mika Zibanejad's five goal game. Like, who's gonna vote? For, like, I know Mika. Like, five goals. It was fucking awesome. If you're a Ranger fan, if you're a National League hockey, like a National Hockey fan, like just anywhere, how are you voting for Mika's five goals over David Ayers beating the Leafs as their backup goalie, who was also their Zamboni driver? It's the best, one of the best stories of the year. Like, I, you know, I, of course, yeah, I want to vote awesome. for Mika, but it's awesome. Also. As great as Mika is, nothing quite beats getting to dunk on Maple Leaf fans all the time because nothing. they just feel so holier than thou. How? Uh, How do they – they haven't won. They haven't won anything. How do they feel that? I, I'm i trying to think of – I mean – Because they're hockey they're, they're not unique, though. They're not unique. Detroit right? hockey town. Yeah. They're, they're not unique. Other sports have these fans. Yeah, the Yankees. The, bu- the Buffalo – no, but the Yankees win stuff. Yeah, that's true. The Yankees have won. Buffalo, Buffalo won. Bills fans are just annoying as fuck to their core. We know a couple of them. Annoying Nobody. fucking pricks. Nobody circles. Uh, the in baseball, I'm trying to think of what the Maple Leafs equivalent to baseball. It's tough is. in baseball. Because the baseball teams that are good, they fucking win. It feels like the Giants could be yeah. them, but the Giants won three times. No, I was I was going to say the Cardinals because mm. best fans in baseball, Ryan, which just reeks of Maple Leaf entitlement. Again, the Cardinals have won also a lot. won semi-recently. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the thing. The thing that makes the Maple Leafs so unique and I think only equates them – the Buffalo Bills, at least, their fan base has lost lost their collective minds. So we all kind of see them as a joke. Like, they're jumping through fucking tables that are lit on fire in tailgates. We don't treat them as human beings. We treat them as a circus act. The Maple Leafs feel like they are the Montreal Canadiens without the banners. And I understand that the Canadiens haven't won in a long time either. But at least they've won. A lot. Yeah. A lot. A lot. They have history. The Maple Leafs history is, well, they're in Toronto and hockey is Canada's sport. So therefore the Leafs, like it's, it's, it's just silly. The Maple Leafs haven't won shit for a very long time. The Maple Leafs are essentially Knicks fans, except Knicks fans understand they're the joke. Whereas Maple Leafs fans don't. Also Knicks fans, like the Knicks outside of Porzingis and I guess Mello, like haven't had like legitimate talent. For a very long time. Right, no. Like, the Maple Leafs are always good enough to be in the conversation, but have never actually like, won. Like, Phil Kessel played for the Leafs, dude. I don't know if you know. Yeah, they ran, him out, they ran him out of town, Ryan. He's quite good. They ran him out of town. Not anymore, but was at the time. He was in his prime. And still good they've had, they've had a ton of great players. They had fucking Matt Sundin. Ugh. OG. They just, they feel entitled to this thing that they don't deserve because they haven't won it. It's... You don't get to be entitled by being competitive. You get to be entitled by winning. It's, that's part of why Yankee fans are suffering such insufferable pricks. They've won so many goddamn times that it doesn't. We like especially our generation. Like you, yeah, you grew they, up with like six titles. Like cool. <laughs> I can't shut them up. There's nothing I'll ever be able to do in my entire life that'll shut up the Yankees. Even if the Mets win one, the Yankee fans will be like, "That's nice. We beat you, and we also won five other times." Yep. Be like, fantastic. Thank you. Awesome. I want to kill myself. <laughs> That's awesome. Maple Leaf fans, they chirp and it's just like, what are we, ch- what are you chirping? You're, you're, you're the dude who turned 50 and bought a sports car. And you think that distracts me from the fact that you have a really tiny penis. You signed. Oh, here it goes. Here comes the note. Um, I, <laughs> John Tavares, you did it. Congratulations. You made the Islanders miserable. And then the Islanders became a much better team and probably would have been legitimate cup contenders if John stayed? Question mark, question mark, question no, mark? No, I don't. Well, yeah, if, if John stayed. Yeah, if, I, if John the stayed. Islanders, 
the Islanders are fascinating too because they're a team that hasn't assembled any notab- notably horrific contracts, but because they have so many maybe 10% too high guys that are paid, uh, all of a sudden they can't afford anybody good. They might – a smart team offer sheets Matt Barzal, Ryan. A smart team. I wish, We're not the, I wish the NHL made it more – had incentivized teams a little bit more to – offer sheet players because he, yeah. he would get it. He absolutely would. Just it's the Matt Barzal is in the perfect spot to get offer sheeted. Just like Braden point was in the perfect spot to get off sheeted because he's on a team that can't afford his services. And that team has to find a way to afford his services. So the NHL should be a league that encourages other teams to make other teams lives hard. Also but that's, gets like payers, NHL. gets players paid for being good. Yeah. Sure does. Yeah. But the league doesn't want to do that either. That's insane. Um, want to do some five-star questions before we get to our guests? I suppose. Do we miss anything? I don't think so. Uh, Ryan, nothing's happening <laughs> in the world of sports. Is there testing? <laughs> no. <laughs> Interesting. No, there is not. Interesting. Um, all right. Five-star question from Rosella 7 What are your go-to meals slash snacks slash drinks at the garden? I do at like the garden. Yeah, I do like to get an overpriced beer once in a while. I'm into it. It it completes the the hockey going experience. Yeah, I uh, I know you're the a only thing coach. at the garden. No, I don't have that kind of stretch. <laughs> what are you nuts? <laughs> How much money do you think it is to get a rum and coke? It's like a hundred and seventy thousand dollars. It's true. We do uh, like, we do like nine before we go though. So that's yeah. Nice. I I get beer. Uh, you know my opinion about eating food there in a sporting event. So yes, I, don't do I do. That. Yeah, I know. I, I Food at the Garden I don't really do, but I do try and uh, like load up beforehand. I'll go to Rosie's and Penn Station. I'll get two slices, and I'll go up. That's what I'll do. Yeah, I don't I, I don't eat food during sporting events. I miss pizza so fucking much. Uh, you know you can still get pizza, right? I'm in Philadelphia. You know, you, I mean, you can still get bad pizza, but it's still pizza. I, I, what I meant to say is I miss good pizza, okay? That's what I meant. All right. All right, well, uh, be more specific next time. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I've sinned. Uh, OriginalMC1 asks, uh, Hey, guys, Mike from New Haven again. Dear Greg, Pete Alonzo has recently been clamoring for the return of the black alternative jerseys for the Mets. They're used from 1998 to 2011. Like the Statue of Liberty jersey from the Rangers utilized from some amount of years. Uh, the issue is quite polarizing. Some, some like myself, see those unis uh, and others hate them. I guess he's, oh, he loves them. Others hate them. Do you want them back? I guess is what he's saying. I, much like I've droned on about how I don't eat food during sporting events, I think the other thing I've said is I I just don't give a shit about alternative jerseys. I don't. The black jerseys were cool. There are a lot of memorable Met moments wearing the black jerseys. I used to wear them in the playoffs. Yeah. So obviously, the Mets themselves care deeply about those jerseys. Will I be upset if they never come back? No. Just, just like I will. With, the Rangers should have Lady Liberty as their alternative jersey. Do I care enough to weigh in in the debate? No, I don't. I don't care. It's fine. Whatever the team wants to do. The Mets have a lot of cool jerseys. I'm not dying for the black ones to come back. Their all blues are nice. Their powder whites are nice. Like, the Mets are good. I'm, I don't I don't really care what the players wear on the field. I prefer them to be on the field. That's, that's really where I am. I don't care much else. If the Mets bring back the black jerseys, great. I think that'd be cool. If the Mets don't, great. At least they're playing baseball. So, it not really matter to me. Mike also asks, says, P.S. Ryan, I hope you're feeling better, buddy. It's so a real- he didn't ask anything. He just made a statement. Yeah, he just says P.S. Uh, it's a roller coaster, my friend. Lindy's Ruff asks, Upon reading Vince's power rankings, I realized I have no idea what the hell a prospect is. With Gu- uh, Gutierrez, uh, why can't I say his name? Oh, my Goche. God. Goche. That was weird. Go- I knew it was wrong right away when it came out. But Goche- uh, that, that, is, that is progress for you, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, no. With, with Gauthier being in there and based on Igor being the top number one, what constitutes a prospect? Like the games they've played or are on the main roster, they don't seem to be going anywhere when there's no longer become prospects. The answer to this is 25 games. If they played 25 games in the NHL, they would no longer be considered a prospect. I believe in baseball, it's 50 games. Yeah, and it's it is crazy to think about just because a player isn't a prospect doesn't mean they're not a young player anymore either, right? Like, Philip Heedle, by all accounts, still an incredibly young, raw player. Kako's we just 19. can't call him a prospect anymore. Yep. Capo Kako, 
an incredibly young, raw player. Can't call him a prospect anymore either. Igor, by virtue of not reaching a threshold, we don't consider him a prospect because we think of him as a an established part of the Rangers' future, right? When you say the word prospects, your mind usually gravitates towards someone that needs to prove their role at the NHL level. You hope it's significant, but you haven't don't have the evidence to say one way or the other. I think the ridic- the crazy one to think about here is Goche, the fact that we still haven't seen that much of him at the NHL level, that he's still technically a prospect. But I hockey's weird just because I feel like as soon as you take the NHL ice, you're almost not a prospect anymore in the eyes of some people. Prospects are almost exclusively only guys that haven't suited up at the NHL level. With baseball, it's a little bit easier because, I mean... They come up and down. Well, not just that. I'm I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to think of a, like a rookie who we still consider a prospect despite getting more than a half year of service time. Like, Vlad Guerrero made his MLB debut last year. He's not a prospect, my man. Neither is Juan Soto. You know, they're just not prospects anymore. Juan Soto, well, Juan Soto's been around two plus years now, right? He's 21. <laughs> yeah, but but he's at least got like multiple years under his belt. But like, Tatis, Pete Alonso through all Tatis of last Jr.? year was. But he, okay, Tatis Jr. is good because he didn't play a full season. Correct. He's technically not a prospect anymore. I think he'd still be a rookie. He's a guy we all still consider a prospect. Yeah. I think he'd still be a rookie. I don't think he's even, I don't think, I, I technically, I don't think so because it's not only games played, it's, it's, MLB service time. Uh, okay. And he was on the DL for a while. Got it. So I, I think he was still accumulating service time despite not suiting. But in the NBA, if you're out for a whole year, you're still a rookie. That's like when Blake Griffin was out his whole year. He came back and won rookie of the year. Kind of crazy. Well, yeah. I just I don't know. It's all it's all weird. But, yeah, I, I think in the NHL it's 25 games. And it doesn't matter if you're a goalie or a forward or defenseman. It's just a flat 25 games. It's It's odd. It's odd to think about. FBI 2.0 asks, hey guys, thanks for continuing to produce quality, producing quality podcasts and content every week. Definitely appreciate this and all this craziness. Well, we don't know what the changes are going to be implemented yet. How do you guys see the in-person game experience changing for the fans? Is it the same as baseball, basketball, and football? Also, how can the Rangers and the NHL capitalize at, at, on at-home at viewing experience? More stats displays, betting lines, more ice lever uh, level cameras? Thanks as always, guys. This is such a fascinating like topic i think i could do 30 minutes on this there's just so many different things that the nhl and the rangers and all sports can do i mean i think we're a couple of years away from virtual reality where you like you can choose a seat and sit there i also think that there's no way teams want to do that they want you to come to the stadium they want you to pay the insane amount of money to go to games they don't want you to be able to sit on your couch and do the, just be at the game we would all fucking love that it would never be the exact same experience because that's just like what concerts are like you could watch a concert like up close on your phone and it's just never the same experience as being there live. It just isn't, but there's so many different fun ways that the NHL and other sports leagues can go on about this, putting, um, uh, allowing you to, to text or do uh, making an app so you can make noise. It's really, there's a lot of like fun stuff you could do and I'm not sure they'll do any of it, but if, and if they do it, it'll be the NBA. Yeah. Uh, in terms of going to a game again, it's not like we're all going to wake up one day and league's going to say, all right, everyone's allowed back. You can fill this place up to 18,000 people. I think the first year, two years, when we start allowing sporting events to go, it's going to be limited seating. The seats you buy, maybe you can sit next to the person you went with, but there will be distancing protocols in place for just about everywhere else in the stadium. I think standing room only tickets are going to be gone. I don't think that'll be a a viable practice for whenever this starts up again. Uh, as in terms of how can networks make the games more enjoyable for the person at home in empty stadiums, I don't think you need to do anything different or add different features. I think I was per- I was never watching a Ranger game because I thought that it would be cool to see 15,000 people in the crowd. I was watching a Ranger game because I wanted to watch a Ranger game, right? Like, right. I watched the Mets play the Marlins in Miami, not because there's nobody at the stadium. I watch it because the Mets are playing. So I, I don't know I don't know if the networks need to necessarily do anything different in terms of their presentation. I think announcers 
should have more fun with games. Uh, I'm thrilled to see what the Sam Rosens and Joe Micheletti's, the Gary Cohen's, the Keith Hernandez, the Ron Darling's. I'm fascinated to see what they do because they realize they are now broadcasting to every Ranger fan as opposed to just most of the Ranger fans, right? Like it's, it's different when the Mets sell out a ballpark and you're broadcasting a game and the crowd, you can feed off the crowd's energy, but for announcers, announcers are going to have more responsibility now because they know that everyone is watching them. They, we have no other choice. We don't have another way of ingesting this sporting event. We have to watch it through the eyes of the announcers now, basically. So in, in that in regard, I'm, I'm interested and intrigued to see what the announcers do with it, but I don't need different graphics. I don't need different features. I don't need anything. Just whatever you want to do visually to present me the hockey game, just keep doing what you're doing. I had no complaints before. You don't need to bring back the glowing puck to catch my interest. Same. Uh, last question from Mr. Lollipop Guy. I see on Twitter some fans from other teams call the Rangers the Rags. I feel like this is a pretty weak nickname to me. What do you guys think of it, and do you think it's possible for the Rangers fan base to claim rags as a term of endearment for the team? Thanks. Love the show. Uh, there's no way that happens. <laughs> I, uh, I just, I've seen Ranger I, fans, like, legit people. I've gotten tagged in things. They're like, I have a new video about the rags. I'm like, are you posting this like you're positive, like you're a Ranger fan and you're saying this? Like, we got to stop this. Like, it's immediately, like, that's how I know. You're, you're outed. You're just trying to get some clicks. What's going on? Yeah, I don't know. I, this is another thing I just don't care about. I don't find it, I don't find it insulting. I don't find it creative. I don't find it cute. I don't find it unique. I find it lazy. But you're not offending me with your laziness. You're just showing to me that you're fucking lazy. Uh, it's like I, I almost follow the Steve Summers principle. If it doesn't come, if if Steve thinks it's bad, it's bad. Like the Icelanders, that's funny. It's not insulting to the Islanders. Oh, I love it's, Steve Summers. It's just come on the podcast, so good. Steve. <laughs> but it's just <laughs> it's I don't know. I I don't find it a term of endearment. It's like what is it? I don't know. What is it? It's it's, it's just lazy. <laughs> That's all it is. It's Me just fucking lazy. There. There's, yeah, there's just nothing. There's fucking nothing else to really call it. I don't know. I don't come up with. I don't come up. I don't know about you. I don't come up with nicknames to insult other teams. I'd rather just insult fan bases. But I don't feel like I'm insulting fan bases by calling their teams the like the, whatever the, the fish sticks. flyers equivalent to the rags is. Yeah. I don't, buddy. I care about you so little that your team doesn't deserve a nickname. I, You're just a piece of shit. I don't. Like that's even, that's note. where I come. From. I don't even think about you. All right. Uh, let's let's get to a, a wonderful ad, uh, and then we'll get back to our friends from. It's the locker room. The locker room. The locker room. Locker yeah, yeah. locker room. Okay. Latka. Like like Latka. the potato pancake, yeah. which is a latka. I'm about to be a minority. All right, let's let's go. Uh transition. Okay, well, the Black Tux believes every groom deserves a better experience when it comes to finding formal wear, a suit or tuxedo for their big day. Did you know the Black Tux actually started with two guys? Had they had one of the worst tuxedo outfit fittings you could ever imagine? It turns out they weren't alone in this frustration. They had some one star reviews from competitor tux shops that shall not be named. One of them said, go elsewhere. This place is pretty terrible unless you like dressing like your grandpa for Halloween. We felt weird buying a suit for somebody so unhappy. We were afraid of his bad vibes and might follow us to our wedding day. So we left. Listen, I've actually, I'm going to go off script. I've actually used Black Tux. It was actually a great experience. I said actually twice there. I went to a local store. They actually, one time they just shipped it to me and I just got totally fitted because they had all my numbers from one at the time I got fitted with them at one of their retail situations. It's, it's a great product. If you're looking to get a tux, go to Black Tux. If you if you want to be your wedding to be remembered for the right reason, order your tux, suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com. Enjoy 10% off code BLUESHIRTS. That's theblacktux.com slash BLUESHIRTS for a 10% off code for your purchase. Uh, the Black Tux, formal wear for the moment. And remember when I said the code was BLUESHIRTS? I lied. It's RANGERS. RANGERS. Not BLUESHIRTS. It's RANGERS. Blacktux.com slash RANGERS. I'm still sick. Shout out to the Black. Hey, we're back with our first and only guest of the day. We have Justin and Johnny of the Locker Room. Uh, I guess we'll start with Justin. Justin, say hello. Thank you so much for coming on. What's up, guys? Thank you guys so much for having us. This is uh, 
I mean, I've done a couple interviews in, in my hockey career, but this is the first uh, podcast interview, so I'm pretty excited. Thanks for having me. The Athletic has told uh, told me to tell everybody that I'm not a journalist, and we are only uh, we're just we're the just the podcast Blue Shirts Breakaway. Also, we kind of hang out with the Athletic, but so you're on the official Athletic podcast. Has as this your first time being interviewed by someone from the Athletic? Is that exciting for you? Yeah, I mean that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to brag. To be honest, I don't know what to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is though. It it actually is. You know, I mean, like I said previously, I'm used to being interviewed like post game interview after game. All you know, Cappy, how was uh, you know that save you made in the second period? How was that? It's like shit like that. Because you're so fucking good in hockey. Yeah, we get it, buddy. I have a I have a legit (laughs) first question. So. Uh, what was what's the weirdest question someone's asked you after in a post game interview where you were like, "What the hell did you say oh, to me?" Oh my god, dude! I actually had one this past season. Um, I gotta think. I gotta think of it real quick. But okay. regardless, it was after like a Robin. It was it was after. Uh, so I played for Robin Morris this past year after transferring. Um, I forgot who we were playing against. We ended up winning this game. But after the game, um, I went over to the bench. Um, and I guess like my head coach Derek Schooley was like telling me something. He was like, "Hey, Cappy, like." I don't think it was like, hey, like, we're going to pull you because I think we were leading or something, but it was something like he was whispering because we had a good relationship. And after the game, I guess one of the Enrigos is like, yeah, it looks like Derek Schooley was really upset with you at one point in the game. Like, what was going on with that? And I'm like, buddy, what are you talking about? Like, nothing that, that never happened. Like, I love the guy to death. I think he told me, like, hey, Cappy, nice save over there. Like, it's just like, I feel like guys try and, like, get shit out of you when it's like, man, like, no, there's nothing to look at here. It's just like a coach and a player having a conversation. Well, it's about the narrative, right? I mean, that's what we do every single week. We dive too deep into the session. So you're like, what was that? What David Quinn was looked at that one <laughs> yeah. player with his side eye, and he had his left hand raised to his lower hip. What was he really thinking in that moment? Because uh, there's no sports right yeah. now, so we're trying to get content any way we can do it. Um, I mean, it's true, though. So especially some of the more animated coaches. Are you kidding me? Well, David Quinn is, is a fucking monster at memes. He just comes out and says whatever he wants, which is super nice. Um, and then also I want to introduce Johnny. I've let you sit in the, sit in the background. Johnny, what do you, you host the podcast obviously with Justin, but what, what do you do? What do I, what do you mean? What do I do? As <laughs> yeah. What do you do? Just answer the question. What do you do? Um, <laughs> it could be I mean, make breakfast. Many books. Uh, what's yeah. that? Anchorman book. <laughs> um, I'm very, no, I mean like Cappy came to me with the idea and, you know, I, I literally felt like it was my calling and then we've kind of just like let it run since. Yeah, Justin, did, did you play in Florida with Johnny? Is that how the connections? Cause I know you mentioned uh, Robert Morris. So, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I actually met Johnny when we were playing in Texas juniors for the Wichita Falls Wildcats and the NA. Um, that was the first, actually, I, I knew Johnny when he played for the Rockets. I knew of him, but actually met him when I was going to play there. Um, and then I was with the Tri-City in the USHL for a little bit, right before I decided to, or right when I got cut, I should say, I was decided to go to Wichita. I remember I called one of my good friends, Jeff Baum, and Johnny was on the phone. He's like, oh yeah, there's actually another uh, Jewish player on your team. Like you might, you might be friends with somebody. And I was like, oh, nice. So then like, obviously got to Wichita and, uh, and me and Laz had a great relationship. And then after that, um, I committed to Ferris, played for Ferris for three years, transferred, went to RMU. Laz committed to UMass Amherst, transferred to Mercyhurst uh, for his last two seasons, or last season, right, Laz? Like year last and a half. Two? Year and a half. Year and a half, year and a half. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And now we're just uh, little BFF Jew buddies over here, starting a Jewish <laughs> podcast. We love it. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I, I respect it. As another member of the tribe that's in the hockey podcasting game, all I'm going to say is shalom. There aren't enough of love us. It. We need more. We got nobody. I mean, it's like I really thought know. Greg was enough. I really did. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I thought I thought Greg was enough for everyone, but I guess you guys are here now. Too. And there's a and there's a lot of great Jewish hockey players that people don't know. You know what I mean? Like there's and especially like new age today. You got the Hughes brothers are Jewish. Adam Fox is Jewish. I mean, are you kidding me? Oh, you you don't gotta you you don't gotta preach Adam Fox's good graces in his circle. <laughs> I, was gonna say, for, I don't know if you guys know, but I mean, I grew up five minutes from Adam, and we went to sleepaway camp together. What was <laughs> you really? Yeah. <laughs> What's the most embarrassing Adam story you could tell on air? I'm not gonna say. Anything. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, we already we already we already we already reached out to Adam. So I I knew Adam when I played for the Bobcats. He was playing for the goals uh, program. So like we both have. I think Johnny's a little closer to him, but we reached out to him to be on the podcast, and he. Uh, he calmly shut us down right away. Um, so I guess that's all we'll say right now. But he, he's he's not a big, like, you know, social media guy. He's doing some stuff for charity right now on Twitter, I think. That's probably yeah, our fault. So I, I want mean, to apologize. Like, that's probably our bad. 
Because we, we... You're bad. Why? What would we, you guys do? We kind of, <laughs> like, maybe harassed those two Rangers to come onto the podcast on Twitter that they did it. And then maybe the Rangers were angry at us. So, like, and maybe shut down that oh, whole podcast yeah. thing. So... In, in our defense, in our defense, I refuse to believe that Tony D'Angelo coming on our podcast was the thing the Rangers drew the line at. All I'm saying, all I'm yeah. saying with Tony, yeah, he's pretty active. It's not like you guys are. It's not like you guys are like a random podcast. You guys are, you know, a New York Rangers podcast mainly. It's not like you know nothing bad was going to happen. I think they would rather him go on like a uh, like chopped podcast where he talks only about chopped. They would like <laughs> yeah, right. much rather him do that than come on here. So. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I just, I, Johnny, if you played at you Amherst, does that mean you played with Tyler Wall? Tyler Wall, he, uh, he's or probably a different for... UMass. I mean, no, he, no, might be, no. he, he played, played, he played for UMass Lowell last year. Oh, yeah, That's right. There's so yeah. many, I didn't know how many different UMass campuses there were until like about, yeah. yeah, it's like the SUNY campuses here in New York. There are like mm-hmm. 27 SUNY campuses that people just have no idea about. But UMass Amherst, like, is UMass. Like, where I went was, like, University of Math. Like, that's Zoom the main. Mass, right? Main, yeah, Zoom, like, UMass. But now they call it UMass. <laughs> they call it UMass. Why do they call it UMass? When uh, when they hired Greg Carville, who when I, I went in the first year, Carville, he wanted to change the culture, and it was referred to as UMass. And he... He, I mean, he did it, man. Like he, he turned that entire culture around, and he called it New Mass, as as it was going to be, you know, a new era for UMass hockey. And I mean, his his, uh, you know, his record speaks for speaks for itself. I think. Hmm. So Learned something new every day. I guess what yeah. I, my, my my burning question for you is: when you played for the Rockets, was your nickname Johnny Rockets? Uh, <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I don't I don't think so. Shit. I don't. I mean, like, I don't, I don't think so. No. Do you need an agent? What's your nickname? But uh, I do see uh, Greg's location has a dinosaur barbecue or something next to it. But oh yeah, like, but Troy, New York, the original. My dad lived the dinosaur barbecue in Newark when I played for the Rockets. He would just go there before every game and sit there for like three hours eating dinosaur barbecue and then come to my game. That sounds like but, a uh, fucking dream, to be honest. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. Huge dinosaur guys. That's amazing. It's 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 the best. You wouldn't think upstate New York has anything worth their cup of tea when it comes to barbecue. And -hmm. yet I can name at least three different barbecue places that I would put up against any place I ever went to when I lived in Georgia. A Jew from Georgia. Oh, I'm not from Georgia. (laughs) I, uh, I, uh, I grew up, I grew up in Connecticut, but when I graduated college, I didn't want to move in with my parents and I needed to go somewhere I could live cheap. And I got to tell you state of Georgia. Everything down there, fucking dirt cheap. Dude, you get your license. Yeah, was, you get your license by just saying you could drive. It's awesome. <laughs> no, you, yeah, no, you, you need your mom's permission. Okay. Did you live in the middle of bumpfuck Egypt or what? And is that? No, oh, I actually, I lived in I lived in Savannah, man. It was great. It was, I, I, oh, that's a nice area. Yeah. I I loved it. I was living on like six hundred dollars a month for rent, and it was. I'll never see those days again up here in New York. It's nice yeah, to well, think about every now and then. That's awesome. Can't beat that. So I guess uh, we'll get to the podcast. So you guys, what do you cover on the podcast? What are episodes like? Uh, what has it been like the highlights so far of doing it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, Laz mentioned it briefly. Um, like, like I said before, we were, we were get, uh, getting ready to finish our college careers, and we didn't really want to um, you know, push the podcast too hard because we didn't want to interfere with NCAA eligibility and whatnot. So we really waited till after we were both done with our seasons, which happened to be because of the coronavirus. Uh, not you that last you got eliminated my season ended the coronavirus sorry buddy i'm happy um, <laughs> i got to like enjoy the last so 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 once our once our season's ended we were able to release all these episodes that we were doing but it's basically um i had this idea to just um start talking to and interviewing influential jewish figures um you know obviously it started with hockey kind of a little bit just because that's our our home base that's what we feel comfortable with and then obviously expanded immediately to you know actors comedians rappers um you know influential people on social media just everything in general um and basically our purpose is to just have them come on and tell their story um, we love to talk about their Jew- their child their childhood if they were religious growing up jewish love to hear about their bar mitzvahs they, uh, their favorite diners and delis we got a big new york crowd so obviously there's a lot of good jewish delis in new york and stuff like that so right now it's going great and uh yeah i mean we're just excited to see who we can continue to keep getting on i know laz wants uh, his boy dave to come on pretty soon so we'll see if we can work that out 
I'll uh, I'll chime in on top of that though. I mean, when Cappy and I first started this, and and people think we started just because the quarantine we were bored, but that's like not the case. We had yeah, oh, yeah, not at all. Yeah, we, we were like ready to go in in early February, but we had to hold on to these episodes and interviews until, like Cappy said, our seasons ended. But when we first started this, we thought we'd be interviewing like our friends. You know, like we didn't really think it would be possible to interview a guy. Like we've had Kenny Albert, Howie Rose, who you guys contacted me about, which was awesome. Like Nate Thompson. Um, Doug uh, Allen, Chase Prisky, Doug. I'm just trying to name hockey guys, but Doug Allen, Chase oh. <laughs> Prisky, uh, Eric Nystrom. Like we've gotten in touch with so many cool people. And Greg, you can attest to this, obviously, as you know, a member of the tribe. Jewish people love helping Jewish. <laughs> so oh, it's like the third commandment. Yeah. So like, yeah, when we started this and word got out, people it, it like became the people's podcast. Like everyone's trying to everyone's trying to help us in, in a sense because there, there's nothing really like it, and everyone it feels relatable to it. So people just enjoy, I mean, Jews are all the same, whether it's Howie Rose or Johnny Lazarus, we're, we're all pretty much the same. I mean, he grew up in a different generation, but you know, our morals and, and the way we grew up and like how we are in touch with our, you know, culture and whatever is all the same. Yeah. So it's cool to interview a guy like that and hear about how he rose the Jew and not necessarily how he rose the broadcaster, which we do get a little bit of both, but. I will, yeah, I will just, say just, there's, I was just going to say, there's going to come a point in time where we can all hang out as people again in open spaces. And I'm going to get you both liquored up a decent amount so I can get these Adam Fox summer camp stories out. No because if there's, if, there's, if there's anything I know, it's that everybody thinks they went to a fun and cool summer camp. You didn't go to shit unless you went to a Jewish summer camp. Yes, shit sir. went down there. Give me a tequila. Right. Like everything. Done. Done. I'll just keep, yeah, I'll keep feeding you. them. Not problem. It's funny you brought up summer camp because this is all we talk about on the podcast. No, not all we talk about, but it gets brought up so much. But that's just like what we said. Like the, people don't understand how obviously the hockey community is so tight, but just as tight as the hockey community is, like the Jewish community is just as tighter. Like everybody knows each other. Oh, you played with this guy back then. Oh, you went to sleepaway camp with this guy. Like so, it's just funny to see how like people people like know each other from like getting these guests to come on. It's so fun. It's it's just funny because once upon a time, it's like I remember. I would judge someone before I even met them if I knew what part of Nifty they were from. And if it wasn't the same part of Nifty that I knew and liked, then I didn't like them. Yeah. Greg, I, I will give you one Adam Fox sleepaway camp story. Okay. <laughs> in, in Color War, the, like, I think it was like 07 or something, like the group had made Adam play in the roller hockey color war game lefty. And I think he still scored 10 goals and won the game. Jesus fucking <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I was just about to ask the dumbest follow-up question. Like, so was Adam actually that good when he was younger? But I guess that proves like that story. Yeah. He like, he left. Oh camp. my God. He was stupid. Everyone said like, dude, like you're going to go to the NHL. You cannot keep coming to sleep with him. Like, yeah. <laughs> and let me, and, and let me, and let me add to that. When he was on the goals and I was watching him on the Bobcats junior team, that long Island goals team, had some of the nastiest kids on it. Some of them still play Division One. Some of them are, are playing pro, pro right now. I think, but like Dante Paleco, um, the other kid from uh, Jack Badini, uh, Babini or what, Badini, whatever it is, uh, and then Foxy, obviously, of course. What's up? Sternshine. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Sam Sternshine, our buddy over there. So, I mean, at yeah, Penn State, so like just that group in general is, is insane. And then Foxy just tops it off. Yeah, so it was, it, you really got to see, like, it, isn't it incredible, like, you, you play sports at a high level, obviously, and what's, like, you, you consider yourself, I would, I'd imagine, very good at hockey, but then you meet a pro, and you just don't understand exactly, it's, it's hard to fathom how much better they are than even players who are really good. Can you speak on that at all? There, uh, yeah, I mean, there, I mean, especially, I mean, it might be different for goalies cap, obviously, because your position is like kind of the same and the, and the pace is maybe a little different shots are harder and whatnot, but man, like watching the NHL, like even in college is so frustrating sometimes because you'll see a guy just like catch a simple backhand pass, like, like a rocket, like, like, uh, Charlie, Charlie McAvoy told me that like whenever he passes to Bergeron, no matter how he passes, like Bergeron's catching it. And I'm going to, and I'm getting like literally a five foot pass and I'm still struggling to catch it on my backhand. Like yeah. these guys make everything look so fucking easy. And it's honestly frustrating for guys like 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 me. I mean, like people from home, community, <laughs> like everyone thinks I'm some like hockey phenom. But in the grand scheme of things, I fucking suck at hockey. Like there are so many <laughs> good players out there that literally can dance around me. Like it's it's insane. 
Yeah, I'd say sucks a strong word, Laz. I mean, you went to UMass Amherst and Mercyhurst. That's two Division One programs. So don't belittle uh, yourself. No, I. But yeah, in regards to the goalie standpoint, I mean, I'm currently, uh, try, uh, you know, going to sign a pro contract hopefully soon. So I'm still, you know, that's the ultimate goal besides the podcast, of course. But I mean, I from 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 every level you go up, obviously there's that transition with shot caliber and pace of play and whatnot. And that's just tenfold from the next step from division one, whether it's division one, college hockey, division three, college hockey, uh, you know, major junior hockey, that leap to professional, whether it's ECHL, AHL, NHL, um, is just tremendous because the window gets so much smaller too um, for good hockey players. You know, you could be a top guy in college hockey and a team wants to sign you professionally wise. And then you got to go in with that mindset that you might be a fourth line guy or, you know, in a goalie standpoint, you might be a starting goalie. You might be, sign a pro contract, you might go in being the third string guy just because there's such good talent out there now. It's insane. Justin, talk about – oh, my God. I just did the one thing I fucking hate. Talk about it. Doing. Talk about it. Yeah, I, I hate it. I hate it. I, I, let me rephrase <laughs> because now I'm angry This is myself. good for, this is, this is good for us, though, because Laz and, I, Laz and I need to know this. We're new to the game. We, we need to know I, this it's stuff. Just, so as, I just I, – I'll, I'll self-report myself. Saying talk about XYZ is just lazy leading and stuff like that. Uh, what I was going to say is – you're going through something. Well, both of you are going through something really that I don't think Ryan and I could ever truly fathom, but in your unique positions of being college athletes and having your season and the rest of your spring semester completely robbed of you before graduation, what, what is that like for you? What kind of process have you gone through to come to terms with the fact that it's, it's always hard when a college career ends, but it ended so abruptly and, without any kind of input from you or your teammates. Is there an adjustment period you've been having to make in the last couple of months? Um, yeah, I mean, tremendously. Last, do you want to start? Because you uh, your season kind of ended differently than mine. Yeah, just, just say that one out loud again. But uh, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll go into it. Yeah. But, but we talked about it on our podcast a little bit because we do like to talk about things that are relevant, especially when we started, this was all going on. So, I mean, for me, like, personally, I, I – like we lost in the first round of our, our playoff. And I wouldn't change that knowing what I know now, like I got to enjoy my last shift knowing it was my last shift, hug my teammates knowing my career was over. You know, like I, I knew that I was taking the Mercier jersey off for the last time. I mean, it sucks for me because I was headed to Florida to play pro in the SPHL. And, you know, I don't know if I'll ever have the chance of playing pro hockey again, because I am looking for a job now. I mean, I'm still hoping that hockey can work out possibly if I don't find the job that I'm looking for, but um, I mean, as, as far as, you know, what Cappy's about to tell you, like I had that closure of knowing that I skated in my last shift. Like I felt that emotion knowing that this was it. So, you know, as, as I'll, I'll let Cappy go into his story, but um, you know, for me, I, I wouldn't change that knowing what I know now because, you know, I, I got that emotion. Definitely. Um, and yeah, I mean, you said that really good last and you can attest to this too. Like as freshmen, like our freshman, sophomore, junior years, like, you're going into the playoffs and you're getting knocked out and you're seeing your senior classmen uh, break down in the locker room, cry. You're going up to give them hugs, you know, like great seat, you know, great college career, all that stuff. And you have that closure. The season's over, done, move on to fro or move on to the whatever you do in the rest of life. From my standpoint, I didn't get that, you know, in the locker room after the game with the boys, um, you know, everybody going around hugging each other, love you, you know, great career, blah, blah, blah. Um, the way our season ended, we, uh, we won our first round. We came back against Holy Cross, lost the first game, won the next two. Um, we were going up to play Sacred Heart, which is like an eight-hour bus trip from Robert Morris. Um, this is like stuff was going on with the virus, but it wasn't like uh, we're shutting everything down yet. So we get up to Sacred Heart. They immediately say that Hockey East is done. They're done for the rest of the year. Um, so like, all right, we're like, all right, shit, like Hockey East is down. Like, why are they going to keep the Atlantic Conference up? You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, so – I'm sitting in the hotel room uh, prior to our game, our game one against Sacred Heart. Um, we go out to pregame meal, which is probably about four hours till the game starts. Coach comes in while we're all eating, says, and I'm getting texts and rumbles like, ah, oh, it's done, it's done. Coach comes in, got off the phone with the office, said, boys, it's over. So we basically went in back to Sacred Heart's arena, grabbed our shit, packed up the bus, drove eight hours back home. Um, so, I mean, how'd that feel? It was, it was terrible. I mean, I still can't get over it, honestly, right now. Um, my mind, you know, obviously it sucks, you know, can't play college again. I was honestly hoping that uh, they were going to make a rule and let winter athletes, you know, get a year back. Cause I would, I had a great year at RMU. I loved everything about it. And, and I would have went back there in a heartbeat. Um, that being said, I had a great year to the point where 
Um, I should have had a lot more pro offers than I am having right now. And that's due to the coronavirus um, be because a lot of these professional teams, AHL, NHL, you know, I tell, I tell a lot of people this all the time. Sorry if I'm, uh, you know, blabbering a little bit, but, uh, you know, from a, from a player and a goalie standpoint, when these professional teams are going into the playoffs and let's say, you know, goalie has a bad playoff series, they get knocked out. They'll be like, you know what? We don't want this guy back next year in regards to the virus and all this stuff happening. Um, you know, seasons were put on hold, seasons were canceled. So they can't be like, ah, you know, this guy didn't perform well in the playoffs. So we're going to get rid of him. Let's just keep up another year. So there's a lot of great college athletes, um, that are, you know, still waiting to sign professional deals. Um, and I think that's a big factor because of what's going on with the virus. It's definitely a very, um, I would consider, uh, I mean, there's so many stories like yours. There's so many athletes out there right now that have had everything robbed from them. And I definitely feel for you guys. I, I can't even imagine um, what that would feel like. I mean, even just any school, like I wasn't playing hockey. Like if my senior year ended like that, I would be fucking devastated. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, sure. I, I needed, I needed those final months. I wasn't like, I understand that I wasn't doing anything important academically. I don't think I was taking any kind of serious classes, but if I didn't, I, my heart literally breaks for the class of 2020. Yeah. It is because I just, I think back to when Ryan and I graduated between from like when I got back from spring break to when I walked across the stage, which I think was, I don't know. I, I think it was like to the day, I think our anniversary is tomorrow, Ryan, of when we physically graduated. I, man, I needed those two months. I was not yeah. ready for the real world. I did not know what I was going to do. I didn't know jack shit. And if I didn't have those two months to just enjoy the fact that I was going to have these lasting memories with my friends and then have to deal with the real world after that. I've fuck it, man. I have no, I, I literally have no idea how you guys are navigating it because I would have just been just a wreck. 24. Yeah, uh, honestly, honestly, Greg, you, you literally said it And like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you my team wasn't going to make it to the national championship because I thought we had a really good team and we had a good opportunity to, to make it far. But once their season's over and let me say that I was at Robert Morris for one year, you know, I had a great opportunity to bond with my team, but I didn't have that four years that a lot of kids have with the, with the, with the same group. So I was looking forward to the, you know, the, the couple months out after the season where, you know, you're just worried about school and you can hang out with the boys and party um, because that's when they say it's the best. They, they, you know, the, the senior class there said there's a shit ton of parties that happen at Robert Morris, you know, once the season's over, like this is going to be great. It's going to be the greatest time, you know, senior year, baby, like, well, let's go out with a bang. You know, we didn't have that. It was, you know, go home, pack up your shit, head back to Florida you know, live out this virus. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do want to add to that if I can real quick, if Go you guys it. don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind. Um, as far as just like the rest of the class of 2020 goes for the people who are trying to find jobs, I was talking about this yesterday with my parents and, and my family friends saying that, I mean, in a sense, it has been nice knowing that there's less pressure on, you know, me to find a job because everyone's kind of in the same boat. I don't feel like I'm behind anyone. And you know, had, had I been in this point right now without a job and the world was normal, I'd be kind of freaking out a little bit. I'd be living at home, not making money and, you know, just scrambling to find a job. But now everyone's, you know, kind of in that same position. Like no one knows what's going to happen. Everything's unknown. And, you know, there there is like kind of less pressure. So there is more time to just enjoy this time off, although it's not really the most yeah. fun time. But it is nice in a sense that we're just hanging with our family. There's no pressure to really you know, get a job. Obviously everyone's still looking, but then again, everyone's in the same boat and it's not like we're behind anyone. For sure. Yeah. It's, I'm very curious to see what happens with, uh, obviously you guys are more curious than I am, but what happens with the AHL and college athletes and how teams end up handling this? I know baseball is going to probably think about getting rid of some of their leagues, um, which fucking sucks for the athletes. Uh, I don't know if you need seven leagues, um, to develop prospects in baseball, but you definitely need the AHL in hockey. Um, so I'm curious just to see what, what happens there. Well, I wonder, are you guys looking um, internationally? Like with the coronavirus going on, is it even on your radar that you would consider playing in the Swedish league or the Swiss league or uh, the German league? Maybe one of these other countries that is handling this completely different than how we're handling it here. Is that something you would feel comfortable even doing in this day and age? Yeah, um, I, I would uh, I would honestly feel comfortable doing it. Not, you know, obviously 
100%. But my mindset is um, I want to play the best competition that I possibly can. Um, so if a Swedish Elite League team or a KHL team or something like that is willing to give me an offer my first year out of college, um, I would definitely consider it 100%. Um, just because the, the caliber of hockey is extremely good over there and um, money's very good in those European leagues as well. So it's definitely something to consider. But um, like you said, Ryan, I'm extremely excited to see what they what they do um, with all these, you know, different leagues and, and whatnot overseas. But what do you think, Les? I mean, for me, like, I don't really know if I would I, – I, it's different for you. I don't have an agent. So, like, I'm just getting hit up on, like, Facebook by random guys. Or just just a forward. <laughs> They don't love me. What the, what the hell? What do they know about me? <laughs> but um, no, I mean, like, listen, I always wanted to like study abroad. That was something that I found really cool. But, you know, I was definitely looking at playing in one of those countries like Sweden or Finland or even like Copenhagen would be a six spot. Um, but if this continues, I, I don't think I'd want to be in a foreign country. I, I don't. Yeah, really... Let me, let me uh, piggyback off that last one of my good buddies on Robert Morris, one of our better players, this kid, Daniel Mantenuto, um, who had could, could have played in the East Coast League, you know, um, you know, definitely caliber, AHL caliber just doesn't didn't uh, have long enough of a year. He got injured, but he signed a pro deal in Italy this this for this upcoming year. And when I heard of that, I'm like, bro, Italy was like the hotbed of the coronavirus. Yeah. Are you fucking insane? <laughs> And, and Mantenuto, he's like an Italian guy. He's like, oh, I'm going to be wearing a fedora. I'll be walking around the street. I'll be good. I'm like, yeah, that would be, be fucking great. Yeah, I'll be inside. I'll be inside <laughs> the whole time. Exactly. But it's like, but it's like, I'm like, I'm like the one place like that you're going to go overseas. You're going to go to fucking Italy that's, like right now. Yeah. Like that's, that's your decision. It is just a, it's such a weird time for, for all of us. So what do you guys have coming up on the podcast? Any, any future guests planned? Anything, any big events? What, what's going on? Um, yeah, uh, we are releasing, I think, the Nate Thompson episode next Wednesday, which was definitely one of our favorite interviews. I don't know if you guys know, but Nate married a Jewish girl, I think, three years ago and converted to Judaism. So he tells some really cool stories about how he, like, never saw a Jewish person until he played for the Islanders. Um, <laughs> wow. And then he tells some – I don't want to give any spoilers, but he tells some really cool stories about, uh, you know, some, some of his friends at the Jewish wedding. So uh, you definitely should tune into that one because it was pretty funny. But happy about you. Yeah, no, like, you know, like you said, we got some great ones coming up. We got Jake Marsh coming out that we're releasing this Wednesday. Um, and just we, we the, the thing that Laz and I did that was so, I think, smart was we, we've been recording so many interviews even before we were able to release them just because we don't know what's going to happen after this virus. Um, people have been so um, generous being wanting to come on the podcast. You know, when we've, we've been trying to reach out to people, they've been so understandable and so about it. But who knows what the fuck's, you know, going to happen after this virus starts, you know, people going back to their normal jobs, stuff like that. It might not be as easy to reach out to people and get people to come on as guests. So we've been uh, pretty grateful thus far, you could say. Yeah, we've got like 10 interviews done that we're still like waiting to post. Jeez, that's awesome. That is awesome. Are, I, you, guys, are you guys planning on defending your flip cup crown anytime soon? That's My flip cup. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you, dude. That's all you. That was, that, was, uh, that was so great. I mean, I, I don't think people... Plus 1100, Cap. The, yeah, that's, that's good. That's good numbers. The plus that, that wasn't a that wasn't a knock. I put you literally under the category that said best bet. Like that, I was gonna that, say, yeah. Did you see that shit? Are you kidding me? If we could actually bet on that, if there was actual lines out there, like some bookie put that line out there, I would have told everybody to throw every goddamn penny. Not a Jewish joke, but every penny <laughs> you have on me to win the flip cup championships. That's hilarious. Uh, I guess by- we will be back to. Oh. Sorry, sorry, Ryan. No, we, no, we, we will care. be back to defend. We will be back to defend our title. We already got wanna, asked, so we will be there. Awesome. I do want to add, since this is the athletic podcast. We also did an amazing interview with Sarah Sivia, and she's like become our best friend. That interview is awesome, and we're definitely yes. Really who got us? Who 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 set us all up for the cause for the cause thing? So yeah, we wouldn't have. I wouldn't have even won the championship for the locker room if it wasn't for her. Sarah does an awesome job with the athletic, as everyone who's on Twitter and follows her knows. Um, yeah, she was like the immediate best friend for us. <laughs> I have my final question is I've been married to Greg for four years. When do I become Jewish? You're there. Wow. You're yes. Oh, you're, yeah, you're there. Part of the tribe. I did it, Greg. Well, Tommy, it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Greg, uh, 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 Ryan, let me or, Ryan, let me ask you. Have yeah. you how many uh, Passover Seders have you sat there? Legitimately two, I think. That's that fine. That's fine. My roommate, my roommate in college one. was also Jewish. <laughs> so I've just been I've been hanging on for a long time. I've been living I've been living me, doing that lifestyle. Go on. Let me let me let me ask you: Are you a uh, are you a sour cream or applesauce guy on your potato latkes? Ooh, I actually love potato latkes, and I I'm a big applesauce guy. 
big. Okay. Don't ask Laz what he is. I couldn't fathom the thought of putting sour cream on a fucking latke. I'll put sour cream on anything. Period. I've never heard of anyone putting sour cream on a latke before. That feels so weird. Neither. I was like shook. You New York Jews are just something else. Yeah, is, is this is this something they teach down south? Like, did you guys try and graduate from our university of retired Judaism, and you all of a sudden like, no, we need sour cream on this shit? I don't know. Ask 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 the, the kid in uh, below me that puts ketchup on his latkes. <laughs> well, that's just that's just psychotic behavior. I put ketchup on my chicken parm, dude. I'm a ketchup. That king. is psychotic shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you giving us a little half hour of your time. And uh, seriously, good luck with the podcast. Why don't you plug open your Twitters before we get out of here? I don't even. I think mine's like Jay Lazzy twenty three. I think. Sure. Yeah, but uh, I think we're uh, I think we're JP Kathy, but I, the main one is at the locker room all day. Yeah. I, I guess I meant what is like plug whatever you want to plug. I guess I shouldn't have said Twitter. I'm just gonna give you more freedom now. <laughs> plug whatever Definitely you want. Okay. Uh, uh, maybe Greg and I do. I, oh, sorry, sorry, Ryan. Before we go, I do want to give a shout out to our producer Max, um, who has helped us out tremendously. And we wouldn't be able to get like all the editing and shit like that probably with if it wasn't for him. He's the brains of the operation. We're the beauty. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm neither of those, but I do all the editing. So there you go. Um, <laughs> shout out to you guys. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, and we'll look forward to the next podcast. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having thanks, us, guys. How should you plan for when your home becomes too small or when the next one gets too big? At Sandy Spring Bank, we're here to help create personalized solutions for financing your home loan. Whether it's a new home or refinance, renovation or addition, fixer-upper or new build, banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your mortgage. Visit sandyspringbank.com mortgage. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank, equal housing lender.